Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, glory to God. Let's see what God's got for us. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I come in on Wednesdays a lot of times, and, and I just haven't, you know, don't really have much of a clue what I'm going to do on Wednesday night. You know, just expect the Lord to, to uh, just put something, you know, it's put some kind of inspiration there, and he always does. And so today I was, it was kind of, um, I went back and forth. I went, you know, with this thing and with that thing. But I kept coming back to something that a pastor friend of ours wrote a few days ago. And it just seemed like I couldn't get away from it. So that kind of was like clue in here, honey. That's what you ought to be doing. So we're just going to see, you know, where this takes us tonight. And uh, let me just... Let me just read, this. he didn't put up a long thing, you know, but he's, he's an excellent Bible teacher, and he's an old, old friend of ours, you know, just dear to our hearts, and he put this up, but let me just read just the two, first two sentences of something he wrote. He wrote, the power of the gospel is not just in what is, it is, what is said, but what it does. The power of the gospel is not just in what it said, but what it does. It holds the power to cut through, to pierce, and to penetrate the heart. Isn't that wonderful? And so, you know what? I got to thinking, the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel. It led me to Romans where Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God. There is some, I mean, we think of the gospel, the good news. I mean, that just, that sounds really nice. It's the good news. Yeah, it's the good news. The good news of what? The good news of anything you need. And so I got to thinking to myself today, well, what, what, what has the gospel got the power to do? So I just, I made, I just started making a list. Now, I'm going to go through some things that, you know, just I, I came up with. But if you really stop and you think about it, you can come up with a whole lot more than I'm going to give you. What is the gospel? What, is it, what has it got the power to do? Remember what that, that first sentence was? The power of the gospel is not just in what is said, but what it is does. There are millions of people who have heard the gospel. They've heard what it says, but it has had no effect on them because they haven't allowed it to have any effect on them. But I'm telling you what, given the opportunity, the power of the gospel is an immense force in this universe. In not just my life, but in everything that surrounds me. What has it got? What about the, the gospel? It has the power to change my heart. To change my heart. Listen, I grew up in church. I heard more sermons. Oh, my heavens. I mean, the first place I went after I was born was to church. 
And back in the days when I was growing up, we had church on Sunday morning. We had church on Sunday night. We had church on Wednesday night. And we had church on Friday night. And then revivals, when revivals came around, revivals weren't uh, just two or three days. I mean, these days, you know, in the charismatic movie, they talk about we're having a revival, you know, or, or some other church, we're having a revival, and it's just, you know, two or three days. Listen, if you, didn't, if you didn't go at least two weeks, you didn't have any revival. And a whole lot of times it lasted three, and we didn't take Saturday nights off. So, I mean, I heard it. And yet, as a, as a teenager, I backslid. Because I had really never let it get a hold of me. Had never let the power that was in it take effect in my life. And, you know, as, as I got older and, and, you know, found myself and, you know, married with, with a child. And, you know, just then when the second one come, came along, you know, I still was not in a place, you know, where I was going to let that change my life. I honestly, I mean, I got, I got in, born again when I was a little, little kid. But you know what? It's amazing to me that people can get born again and yet in a span of time they can lose the reality of what has happened in their lives. And when you lose hold of the reality of the power of God that changed you, then you become just like you were almost before you ever said yes to Jesus. It's a shocking thing and yet it happens all the time for a lot of reasons we don't have time to go into tonight that's for another time but I remember you know that that it just seemed to me that there was there was no there was no reason to serve God nobody looked any different the people I knew who served God they didn't really look all that much different you know in the way they lived I mean, yes, that, you know, they were, we were from a holiness background, and so, yes, there are times some people looked, actually looked like it. But you know what I found out a long time ago, growing up in a, in a holiness-type church, that people can have the facade on the outside and have nothing on the inside. The bun can be up there nice and high with lots of bobby pins, you know, and the collar can be here and the sleeves down here and the, and the hem down to the floor, you know, with no makeup, no earrings, no, no jewelry of any kind, you know, but with a snarky attitude. You know, so what's on the outside? I'm not talking about what's on the outside. We're talking about what's on the inside. You know, but for me, there was no reality in it. I mean, I didn't see where there was any great power associated with living for God. And yet there came a day when my sweet husband looked at me and he said, we're leaving this church and we're going to this church. And I'm going... Why? Well, because God said to, that's number one. But we got there, there was something going on. Now, much to my dismay, I didn't, didn't like it. I didn't want to admit that I saw something any different. But I'm telling you what, somebody who understood that there's power in the gospel took a hold of me as a, as a project, and I was a project. You know, it didn't happen overnight. But they took me on as a project, and I know they prayed, and I know they let God use them to just, just to minister to me, just little by little, working on that wall that I had built up, finding the chinks in it, you know, and breaking that wall down until I finally realized there is power in the gospel for me. Amen. For me. It'll change me. You know what? And suddenly I knew what change was all about. 
I knew what God had, had meant when he put the gospel there. That it was the power of God unto salvation. It's only through the power of God that you and I are changed. Only. Only through the power of God. It's not just some written word, you know, in a, in a book. It's not just something somebody says. Not something somebody says from the, just from the pulpit. Although, you know, when you take it as the word of God and you receive it as the word of God, power comes with it. And so I began to, to find myself in a place where, yeah, the old man, the old man is gone. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says? That behold, therefore, any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, I had let the enemy lie to me for a long time that, number one, I wasn't worthy of anything God might, might have because I wasn't sure what he had. I wasn't sure that he had something that I could really, I could really use, that I could really see in my life, that could really be demonstrated in life, that could make my life really all that much different because I knew me too well. Sometimes you can know yourself much too well and, and you think God can't do anything with you. He can do a lot with you. He can do a whole lot with you. And so there was that and then there was that thing about, you know, when, when you when you're find yourself in a place where you're the unsaved spouse or the, the backslidden spouse, I should say, you come up with all these crazy notions that somehow you can never catch up to the one who's serving God already. That they're so far beyond where you could possibly ever be that there is no hope for you to catch up with them and to be, and to be on a place where, I, I don't want to say like on an equal level, but at least on the same playing field. <laughs> you know, it was just impossible. And, and I, in, in the middle of all that, I would think to myself, he deserves better. Because I can't, I can't give him that. I mean, hey, look at me. You know, this is just, you know, this is a me- I'm a mess. Didn't look like a mess on the outside, but I knew what the mess was on the inside. And yet, finally, God was able to get through to me. And the power of the gospel finally broke through and finally found me in a place where I would let him use that power to change me. And to make me know that that no matter what, I was accepted, I was loved, that I had value, that I had had a future, I had something that that was unique to me. See, that took power to do that. You can't do that in and of yourself. So many people have tried to do that, and they've gotten their own little self-esteem thing going to the point where they don't think they need God. I'm great just like the way I am, and somehow they've got this mistaken notion that, that uh, you know, if, I, if, if, if there's all these things that have to change, you know, if I serve God, because I'm already really good. Listen, most of the time that's a change of attitude. <laughs> Some of those are the things we, but let me tell you, he, the power of the gospel can make a new creature, creature out of you, a brand new creation, something that's never existed before. 
Because you're unique in all the world, in all the ages of time, you are unique. And what God has for you and what he wants to do for you, how he wants to use you, is unique to you. And only you can find that place that he has for you. Only you can fulfill what he has for you. I was just telling that to somebody just yesterday. You know, they were, they were saying, well, what, you know, what's so special about me? And I said, because God has uniquely qualified you to do certain things. And only you can fulfill that. Only you. Can a job get done by somebody else? It can be, but not the way God intended for it to be done. Because he wants to use you in certain places, in certain situations, in certain people's lives. He wants to use you. You know what? Just let the power of the gospel change you. Hallelujah. So that you can be all that you need to be, all you want to be. See, and that's the thing. If anybody is ever really honest with themselves, they really want what God wants. If you know anything at all about God, he's got nothing but good things in plan for you. I know the plans I have for you. Is that what Jeremiah says? Plans for good, not for evil to give you a future, to give you a hope. See, some people come to God, no hope, no hope. Their hope has been destroyed. And yet God is in the business of using the power of the gospel to restore the hope in people's lives. Because it's been, it's been, it's been taken from them. Sometimes it's, been, it's, been, it's just been like, ah, I give up. You know, and sometimes it's really, really hard to get people who have just... Who've just given in to what the enemy has said to them and about them, it's hard for them to finally look around and say, no, that's not right. But I'm telling you what, the power of the gospel can change the way you look at yourself. And you can see yourself the way God sees you. Valuable, precious, needed. I'm telling you. Only the power of the gospel can do that. What else does it do? It has the power to change my future. Ah, you know what? In the, I think it's in the, in the, what is that salvation plan that they've used for years and years? God loves you and has a plan for your life. The four spiritual laws. Listen, the devil hates you and has a plan for your life. Is the opposite. That's very true. He hates you and he has a plan. His plan involves nothing but destruction. It, it has nothing but, but discouragement. It has nothing but, but catastrophe and crisis and turmoil and lack. That's all it's got. But I'm telling you what, God has a plan for you. He can change the future. He has changed your future. If I went in here person by person, go down every row, almost every one of you can say that you know that God has made such a difference in your life that you are not on the same road that you were on before you came to him. He's put us on a different path. Totally different path. If the curtains could be pulled back and you could really see the end result of the path you were on and where you are now, you might not be where you'd like to be, but you are not where you were. 
and you are not where you will be. That's the bottom line. You are not where you will be if you continue on in him. Does he have the power to change you? Yes, the gospel has the power to change your future. Hallelujah. Well, what else has it got? It has the power to change my nature. Thank God. Oh, isn't that a... a (laughs) I'll help you out, sweetie. Here, you can wave this. (laughs) You might call that a flag of surrender. I'm not sure. (laughs) It has the power to change your nature. Some people say, well, you know, I've got this real temper because I'm Irish. No, you're not. If you want to say that, that's just to be an excuse not to deal with your flesh. You are not Irish. You are a child of God who doesn't have a temper problem. Isn't that what Galatians says? It says that, that the Spirit, go over there, Galatians 5. Hallelujah. 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The Phillips translation says the Spirit, however, produces in human life fruits such as these. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, fidelity, tolerance, and self-restraint. Listen, there's a, we look at those, those, you can find a lot of negatives in your life that God can change those things. The power of the gospel will change those things. Then there are other things that are not necessarily, they're not, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just, well, that's just how I am. I'm quiet. I'm shy. I'm timid. I'm an introvert. Listen, none of those things matter. God has uniquely created each and every one of us. And yeah, you might be shy. Yes, you might be timid. But I'm telling you what, when the spirit of the living God comes on you, there is no such thing as shy or timid. And when God asks you to do something, when he puts you in a place where you've got a job to do and an assignment to do, none of those things should hinder you because the power of the gospel is at work on the inside of you, helping you overcome all those things that the enemy would try to use to hold you back from doing what you need to do. My Lord, 35 years ago, could I, would, would I have ever seen myself up here? No. But today is a new day. And I'm telling you what, I don't even get as nervous as I did a year ago, thank God. Because you look really nice out there and you smile at me. (laughs) But I'm telling you what, there is no place to let your, your nature keep you back. Because the nature of God is on the inside of me. And when the nature of God is on the inside of me, the power of God, the gospel is at work on the inside of me. I don't need to give a second thought to all those things that would, that would make me put the brakes on and say, oh, no, I can't do that. No, if God said do something, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There is nothing I can't do. If he's backing me, he's behind me, he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's prompting me to do something, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Changed my nature. But you know what? You can see it in the Bible with different people. How how the power of the gospel came into somebody's life and changed them drastically. Look at Peter. 
Let's face it, fishermen probably were not the um, sophisticated people of the day. Probably some rough characters. Now, if you look at Peter, you know he was fairly rough. I mean, after all, he was always going, oh, strike him down, Lord. You know, call fire down from heaven on um, uh, taking the sword out and cutting the, the guy's ear off in the Garden of Gethsemane. Then going over there, you know, after, after Jesus would, had been taken to, before Pilate and denying him, just letting his flesh just fall apart, hiding, running. You see all kind of examples of that in, in the Bible. You know, of people who, who in and of themselves could do nothing. But I tell you what, when the power of the gospel got a hold of them, Peter stood up in, in front of all those people on the day of Pentecost and men and brethren and preached a fiery sermon that caused 3,000 people to be added to the church in one day. Paul, Paul went before King Agrippa and he rehearsed did you ever look at that in Acts 26? I mean, we, we're from, so familiar with Acts 26 because of the fact that that's where our vision is. But have you ever really looked at the first part of that where he stands before King Agrippa and what he says to him? Hallelujah. Let me grab my glasses. Glory to God. I mean, look at this. Ah, oh, let's see. Starting in verse 4, it says, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee, and now I stand and have judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving good God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews." Um, goes on, he says, why should it be thought a thing credible to you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought that with, thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death I gave my voice against them and I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them I persecuted them even under strange cities. And then he goes on and he talks about, about his encounter with God on, in, on the road to Damascus. Listen, God changed that man. The power of the gospel changed that man. The same passion that he had before he got associated with the gospel was the same passion he served God with after he'd had that encounter. See, there are things in your natural life that God wants to take and he wants to use in the right way. I've got one child, my oldest one, that I always he's always been a strong-willed child. And my whole thing was that's a wonderful trait as long as it's directed in the right place. It wasn't so good what was directed toward his mama and his daddy. But I'm telling you what, when I sent him off to college at age 17, that hard-headedness brought him to a good place because he refused to follow the crowd. And he would stand up for himself. And he didn't mind telling somebody, you know, that that was wrong, that I'm not doing that, I'm not going here. Listen, the same kind of passion, the same kind of intensity that you use to serve the devil, God wants to use that same intensity and use it for his glory. And the power of the gospel will help you do just that. 
<clears throat> Paul is a prime example of that. The intensity with which he persecuted the saints of God before that Damascus Road encounter was the same intensity that he served God with after that encounter. Oh, it was the power of the gospel at work in his life. The power of the gospel. Hallelujah. What else can it do? It can give me the, the power to have a new outlook. Uh, I think I probably said this before. You know, when you look at life in general, people can come to God beat down, trodden down, thinking nothing is ever going to go right, nothing's ever going to work for them. They'll never be a successful life. They'll never have anything. But I'm telling you what, when you find out what's in the gospel, the power of the gospel will change the way you look at life. You can have it all. You can because the power of the gospel is here. Doesn't it say, didn't we read already in Romans 1, 16? For it is the power of God unto salvation. Do you know what that word salvation really means? There's a multifold application in that word. Deliverance, preservation, safety, healing, soundness. All the blessings of God are wrapped up in that word salvation. He, the power of the gospel isn't just to get you to heaven. The power of the gospel is for you to experience heaven on earth. In heaven, there's nothing but victory. In heaven, there's nothing but plenty. In heaven, there's nothing but provision on every hand. I'm telling you, he wants you to experience it here. That's what the power of the gospel can do for you here and now in this life. And don't you let yourself be convinced or talked out of it. Hallelujah. Don't let the world talk you out of it. Don't let your family talk you out of it. Don't let your job talk you out of it. Don't let your your own mind talk you out of it. You can have everything the word says you can have because the power of the gospel is at work in you and in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a power to heal and to deliver. You know, when, when Jesus stood up over in Luke... He stood up there and he read from the book that they brought to him. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Has anybody got the spirit of the Lord upon them tonight? Then I believe this verse is for you as well. You can say the same thing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed who? Me. It's not just Jesus. He's anointed me. What does he anoint me to do? To preach the gospel, the good news. To the poor. He has sent who? Me. To heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. And recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are oppressed. Listen, you already have an assignment. And you can only fulfill that assignment with the power of the gospel at your back. Helping you, filling you, guiding you, leading you, enabling you to accomplish what he said you've been anointed to do. Oh, I'm telling you, he has anointed you, each and every one of you. It's not for the person who stands in the pulpit only. It's for everybody who has ever called in the name of the Lord. It's for everybody who's ever made that transition from darkness to light. It, it applies to you. Hallelujah. You are anointed. Hallelujah. He, has, there's, he sent us power to accomplish the impossible. With God, all things are possible. 
Nothing is impossible to him who will believe. What are you believing in? The power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. See, it's what makes the universe tick. It's what makes this whole thing work. It is the very air you breathe. It was put into place by that power. And you and I can do the impossible. We can accomplish anything and everything God has given us to do because of the power that's in the gospel. You know, we just look at it sometimes it's just so much paper and ink. You know, and, and thank God for paper and ink. We can, we can, we can get a hold of it. We can, we can take it in our hands anytime we want to because it's, it's something, this is something tangible. We can, we can touch, we can feel, you know, we, we, we can see, we can read. But I'm telling you what, as you read the word of God, you understand that what you're doing is you're acquiring more and more and more of the power of the gospel. As you read it, as you, it becomes real to you, that revelation, that reality of what God has done for you, in you, and through you, it becomes more and more real, and you're accomplishing anything. Isn't this, you, this is just a charging station is what it is. You plug in your iPad every night. You plug in your phone every night. I tell you what, you plug into the word of God. It's the power of the gospel to fill you up, to help you get into, into the mode for tomorrow that you're going to need when you leave your house again. In fact, you might need that power before you ever get out of the house. But that power is there. That's the thing. It's there. It's present. Some of us may not have had much power flowing a few days ago. But I'm telling you what, the power of the gospel is always flowing. It's always on. It's always charged up and ready to go. Hallelujah. There's no demand you can put on it that's too great. There's no demand you can put on it that's, that's out of the realm of possibility or the realm of reason. Listen, we've got to get to a place where we have to be, we have to get beyond just the reasonableness of what we believe God for. Listen, there are some things out there. There's some things that God wants to do that's just, that's just I mean, it's just, it's more than you can comprehend. But the power is there to get it done. The power is there to see it come into manifestation. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's obviously the power to overcome. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And when he came to destroy him, he did a good job. And right now, you know, that power that's in that gospel that he sent to us is still readily available to overcome anything. Don't give in, don't give up, don't give out. You don't need to. You've got everything at your disposal right here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? I think I'll just quit with that. Hallelujah. The power of the gospel. That's what is happening in your life every single day. The power of the gospel being made manifest. So much so that somebody else can see it. Somebody else can actually see something happening in you, in your life. And when they ask you, you say, oh, that's just God at work. It's just the power of the gospel, that's all. 
Listen, the rest of what my, our, our pastor friend wrote goes like this. Let me just read the whole, the whole paragraph. The power of the gospel is not just in what is said, but what it does. It holds the power to cut through, to pierce, and to penetrate the heart. Think of it as fire. If you stand at a distance, you may observe it, but it has no effect on you personally. See, that's where a lot of people are. Standing at a distance, observing it, it has no effect on them. He goes on and says, As you draw near something, begins to take over. If you move in too close, the heat will overwhelm you. If you touch it, it will consume you. However close you come to the truth of the gospel will determine if you catch on fire or not. Ooh, isn't that good? How close should we be living to the power packed source that God intends for us to live in? He doesn't really intend for us to live just plug in once in a while, but to plug in and stay plugged in for the fire to catch because somebody somewhere needs to see the fire. Well, you, you, can't, you can't very well hide fire. It's hard to do. In fact, it's almost impossible to do. Believers today ought to get such a hold of the power of the gospel that you are an electric current just waiting for somebody to touch you and send shock waves through their lives. Hallelujah. You ever saw somebody who touched a live wire? That's what you need to be. You need to be that live wire that somebody, when they touch it, they know instantly there's something flowing here. Something I may not be familiar with. Something I need. Something I want. I don't understand it, but I got to have it. Got to have it. Charles Spurgeon, somebody just put this up, and I loved it. It says, no Christ in your sermon, sir? Then go home and never preach again until you have something worth preaching. Listen, you got something worth preaching. Your life should be a sermon every day and everywhere you go because of the power that flows in you and through you. If you don't have it flowing, go home and come back when you got something worth something. That's not just for the preacher in the pulpit. That's for you. We preach Christ. We don't preach fads. We don't preach, we don't preach programs. We don't preach gimmicks. If you're, not, if you're not preaching the Christ, then you're not preaching. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I better hush before I start again. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.